me know when you're recording. I'm on, buddy. You're on. Oh, let me crack this beer real quick so it doesn't <coughs> blow the mic. <clears throat> so okay. uh, I've taken um, I've taken Benadryl tonight about <laughs> twenty minutes ago. So I'm probably going to be at this level, slowly drifting downwards from an uh-huh. energy perspective. Uh-huh. So kind of the opposite of what we would normally do. With cold brew. Um, right. And for those of you who don't know, Adam used to drug me when we would see each other <laughs> face-to-face um, with this cold brew, which I didn't know what it was until I went to the same coffee shop he would go to and ask them how much caffeine was in a cold brew. And um, they said, about three and a half times a regular cup of coffee, which then, of course, made perfect sense because that was why my heart was hammering out of my chest. And I felt like that I'd done um, some crack cocaine. So, um, but I'm on the opposite end of that scale. I'm on the, tonight, I'll be on the downward scale. So you might have to do some heavy lifting, buddy. I will do my best. Um, well, I will tell you what, if, I'm wearing. If um, I fall asleep, just, just yell. Hey! My, I, I'm wearing headphones uh, and the microphone is like right by my neck, right? You yeah. can see it. Yeah. And I'm also yeah. drinking a, uh, a beer. So our yeah. listeners are going to get some great gurgling drinking noise. Um, Sweet. Yeah, good times. Uh, <laughs> so you know how we like to start with, oh, you know, you had Benadryl tonight. Well, I, just before we started recording, I was in a, um, a Twitter conversation with Boyce about uh, Rise of Skywalker and like Star Wars movie ranking. So I'm already exhausted. Um, you know how talking about Star Wars, it takes a lot yeah. out of you. You know what, dude? I, I, I saw something brewing out there on that, and I and you don't just let it go. You just like I don't. I don't. I, I can't. Because people are generally going to not dis- not agree with us. Well, the thing is, Boyce and I were eye to eye, so that's why I was like, yeah, I don't mind jumping in right now. So I just avoid mm-hmm. the comments. Um, okay, so hey, you know how we always like to start with a really good list. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a list that will come later. Okay, great. It's going to surprise you. All right. It's out, It's kind of out Is of. Is it a Kyle's list corner. of your favorite uh, prequels? No, it's kind of out of out of Kyle's corner. You'll you'll know. Okay, okay. Um, something so, to, something to wait. You know, something to surprise you with later on. Perfect. Um, so, James Gunn on Twitter a couple of days ago, he uh, listed out twenty seven movies that he thinks the sequel is better than the original. And so, what I want to do, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, I said the same thing, dude. So I'm going to list them. I'm going to say the movie, and you tell me if you think it's uh, what? What's yeah? Happening? What's happening? Oh, uh, you t- you tell me. Your headphones are cutting in and out. Oh no. Um, okay, so that's okay. You you tell me. I'm going to list the movie. I'm going to read his list. I'll tell you the movie, and you tell me if you think it was better or worse than the um, the original. Okay. Do you, like basically, you're like, do you agree with James Gunn or do you not agree? Because, okay, like, go. you know, like off the cuff, I would say I agree with him, right? Okay, you ready? Okay, this yeah. just says sequels, second movie only, better than the originals. Toy Story two, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Godfather two. I would say number three is even better than number you're two. You're talking about Toy Story, right? No, one. no, this is this is just yeah. sequels, second movies only. I thought you said number okay. three to Godfather, and I was going to hang up the phone call right now. Uh, Godfather no, no, two. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spider Man two. 
Sam Raimi Spider-Man? Probably that's what they mean, yeah. He yes. doesn't... Dr. Yeah, Octopus. Okay. It was great. Green okay. Goblin was terrible. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> really? Did you ever <laughs> yeah, see the original Bad Lieutenant, Harvey Cattell? Yeah, with, uh, yeah, that's... Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Okay, Evil Dead 2. 100%. All right. Shrek 2. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Next. Oh, no, you, oh, okay, fine. All right. So next is The Dark Knight. Uh, I am going to say n- no. I disagree. I enjoyed Batman Begins more. I think it's a better paced film. And I know Heat Ledger's great in it and all. Um, but w- when it started moving towards the end of this movie, I just thought it got really messy with the Two Face thing. The, oh, I love you, I love her. It, it, I, I was not confused, but I was just it was just overly complicated. And I just liked the way that Batman Begins was. It, I felt on the edge of my seat throughout the whole movie. Um, even though it was an origin story, I just didn't really know what was, hap- was going to happen next. And it was just, I just thought it was a better movie. I, okay. oh, I enjoyed the movie experience more in the first one. All right. So I disagree, okay. James Gunn. I agree with Dark Knight. Um, okay, number two, Bride of Frankenstein. I would say yes. We're going back to the what? The Hammer films? Is that what they're called? James yeah. Whale. Yeah, this is James Whale, like the originals. I would say no. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Hellboy Boris Two. Karloff. Um, that's the Golden Army, Golden right? Army. Yep. I would say okay. I'll I'll go with that one. Way more fun. Yes, for sure. Uh, this one, Road Warrior. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. We covered that in an episode previously. Yep. Okay. Uh, for a few dollars more. Um, I, I, okay, I'll go with this, but I would also put a caveat in here that the, the third one, good and bad, the ugly is better than. Yeah. And this was just saying that the, the second movie films. only, that's what he's, I, sure. I think he's made a, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Paddington two. Uh, I know the popular opinion is to say Paddington two is better than the first one. I don't subscribe to that point of view. I enjoy the first one more than the second one. Okay. X two. And X the thing about two. this, I just don't remember them. This is the Brad. Uh, what was his name? Uh, yeah, hang on, I'm Brad Bird. No, keep on, Brad Bird. Um, I keep oh, on wanting to call him Brad, but I don't think it is Brad. Uh, I, I just can't even Brian Singer. Um, no, let's see. Was it Brian Singer? Yeah, it was Brian Singer. Um, oh yeah, for sure, dude. This is the one. Is this the one that starts with um, that wild ass sequence with um, uh, Nightcrawler in the beginning, right? In the Oh, in the presidential office. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I think Angel it, was in it. I think they started figuring out what they could do. I mean, we we all agree X three blue. Um, God, that was bad. Yeah, that was the Brad. What's his name, dude? Uh, but yeah, I I I I, I think the X two is better. Um, okay, so moving on. Let's uh, Empire Strikes Back. No, Star I know Wars how you better. feel about it. Okay, right, because it's, the Star Wars was the original, and that's what right. set it all off, right? But Empire Strikes Back is the better film. Okay, uh, Wrath of Khan. <laughs> As I, I think I've said before on this very podcast, the Wrath of Khan is an almost perfect film, Adam. Yes, so I yes, of I course. remember getting yelled at about that before. Um, <laughs> Superman two. I disagree. I enjoyed the first one more. I think if you look at these films back to back nowadays, you would probably say the same thing. You probably haven't done that since you were a kid. So I would say the effects in Superman 2 were god awful, and that took away. Not saying there's not great moments in that movie. Like the Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman is incredibly hilarious as a co- comedic sidekick in this film. But um, 
you know, I don't know. I that, felt like this Superman two. There's some real stakes, and the re- first Superman there weren't any. You know, it was like you never really. There was no real threat to him. It was just to, like to his world. You know, you never really felt like, oh shit, if you can't figure this out, nothing's really going to happen to you. Yeah. But I think in Superman two, there was a real serious like, what happens when you lose your? Oh, what are you without your? Is Clark Kent enough for you to? It's I don't know. I explored some some themes that. Well, when I watched this, I was nine, so I wasn't familiar with any themes. <clears throat> but um, I do think I personally, I think that I the rewatchability for Superman two is much higher than the original Superman for me. But yeah, I, I think that's well, that's fair. You can you're entitled to your own opinion. It might be wrong, but you're still oh, entitled thanks, to it. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, did you? Uh, I put something on Twitter last week about um, Christopher Reeve talking about um, uh, he was on the Letterman show. Um, it would have been right after you made Superman, I guess. And it was a little kind of wow. a snippet of that. And I just put it out there and I said, Christopher Reeve here with the real talk, you probably wouldn't get people talking like this anymore. And it was basically, he kind of eviscerated um, Marlon Brando um, to David Letterman after making Superman yeah. with him. He, he's like, yeah. he, he wasn't there. He was mailing in. He was just cashing a check. And I thought it was pretty shitty because, you know, he's a hero of mine. I think he's a hero of most actors. He should sure. be out there, you know, trying to give his best performance. And, he you know, wrote. for us, you know, like he's, he should be doing that for us, like, because we look up to him. Um, and he didn't. He just didn't give a shit. He just was there to cash a check. And he didn't do justice to the the the, the, the stuff, the, the actual, the the script or whatever, the, the yeah. actual project. And um, he was oh. just, he just shit all over him for it. It was great. Good just because it was, like I don't think too. you'd see that nowadays. No. You know what I mean? No. Well. Yes, it's few and far between. Okay, so uh, where are we at? Superman 2. Um, Batman Returns. Yes. Yep, yep. And even that's what's insane is because, uh, like, the Joker in Batman was fucking awesome. Right. But Batman Returns was better. All right, Gremlins. I think if you were to watch, I don't think there's no, the rewatchability of Batman Returns is much higher than Batman. I agree. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Gremlins 2. I'm not sure that, about this. That one was either. where he uh, becomes Rambo, right? With like office supplies. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, and hilarious. It was funny. It was a lot funnier than the first one. Yeah. But I don't know if I would say it's better. I think right because the first one wasn't. It didn't start joke a minute, right? But Gremlins no. two was like like full on, definitely like like one liner after one liner. Like yeah. like George Lucas, give me give me to me faster, louder. You know, yeah. that's yep. pretty much yep. what. Gremlins to us. Like and this video was, was like, hey, we're on to something good. With Gremlins. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. Moving on. Blade Two. Um, Blade Two. So the first one was with um, Brad Dourif, right? Or Stephen Dourif? Nope, Stephen Dourif. Yeah. Um, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, went to see that in the movie theater uh, here, and after the movie was over and the lights came up, this is just a little bit of whatever uh wow. i was with a friend of mine and we realized we we're the only two white people in the whole movie theater huh. we saw opening weekend here in kansas city and uh, it was like oh we're the only two white guys here interesting you know for whatever that's worth but right. um I, the second one is the one where um chris christopherson turns oh, heel yeah. right yep, um yep. yeah i don't know maybe they're both good movies yeah i i mean yeah, they're both good movies. That's you're right. They're both fucking great movies. Um, Norman Reedus uh, was in Blade Two. Yeah. Do you remember him? 
was Scud. Kind of Weasley character. Yeah. Ends up being Weasley. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up being Weasley. Um, But yeah. All right. So uh, what else? Moving on. Legend of the Drunken Master. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. I've seen Drunken Master. I don't think I've seen Legend of the Drunken Master. Uh, Yeah. I don't know the nuance enough to know. All right. Um, Desperado. Oh, first one being El Mariachi? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah, so. Yeah, 100%. definitely. Yep. I've yep. seen both. I agree. Desperado yeah. was great fun. It was all amazing. Yeah, Desperado was yeah. terrific. Here's one that's going to be relatively controversial. Blade Runner 2049. No, come on. That's <laughs> that's crazy talk. Okay. I mean, it's great, but Blade Runner is a fucking cultural icon. It, it sure. Right. But that doesn't mean that uh, it can't be improved upon or can't be surpassed by what comes after it. Just it because you're a touchstone doesn't mean that you're untouchable. But I do. Th- what do I, you think? Um, I think Blade Runner 2049 has more rewatchability for me. I haven't rewatched it since I've seen I, I it with you in the movie theater. And Clint Newland. Um, yeah. There. Yeah, I've watched it a dozen times. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I, I That dude... I, I put my faith in what, like we're going to talk about Dune later, hopefully because I, we saw some set pictures. Um, right. I'm excited, but yeah, no, no I mean, I, I agree. Think, I think he's excellent and I, I'm unreal. very excited. He's making it too. Yeah. But I also don't think that, um, a lot of the themes wouldn't exist in Blade Runner 2049 if it wasn't for the original one. You know, so what's it's going to be on this fucking list. It's going to uh, be aliens one, over, two, over alien. Three, four. Uh, maybe let's see. Let's go. Let's wait. <laughs> on. I, don't, I disagree with that one. Blade Runner is a better movie. Okay, Magnum Force. Uh, Magnum Force is, let's see, so Dirty Harry is the first one, then Magnum Force, then The Enforcer, then um, Deadpool. Is that that? Has he made four of them? No, Sudden Impact, then Deadpool. He's made five. Um, That's tough. Because I remember I saw Magnum Force before I saw Dirty Harry. And I remember Magnum Force, the one with the cops, the bad cops. And it's got David Soul in it. It's also known as Ken Hutchinson from Starskin Hutch. Um, and it was weird for me because I just knew him as Hutch. And then I saw him as this bad cop. Right. And yeah. they're all the, they're the, they're the motorcycle cops. But dude, I don't know. Dirty Harry... Yeah, I know. That's I mean, one. I love that movie. I love that movie. Like that's from the soundtrack, Don Siegel at his best. It's just it it, it took the the hard-boiled 70s movies and and put this incredible leading man in it and made him just amazing. I I don't agree with that. I think that Dirty Harry is very hard to beat. Yeah, I would like to know what his thinking was with that one. You know, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, All right, so next. Final Destination 2. I don't, they all run together for me. (laughs) All great, though. These are great. Yeah, they're all great fun. All right, how about, yeah, okay. So this one, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Better than First Adventure? Come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It absolutely better. better than First Adventure. And I'll tell you, and you're going to disagree with me, Civil War is better than 
Winter Soldier, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm coming around on that. I think that just Winter Soldier really kind of set the bar. Like it really did some shit. That yeah. We had. I remember when you, you saw the first, you were like, oh my God, incredible. Yeah. You absolutely loved it. And I stuck with that for a while, but I think that as time moves on, um, yeah, I think that Civil War is, is more fun and there is more watchability. Uh, but Winter Soldier had some, that movie really stepped it up. Dude, Hail uh, Hydra. Fucking insane. Who fucking saw that? Who saw that God. coming? Damn, it was so good. Yeah, it completely changed the direction of where we thought right. the MCU was going to go. Uh, yeah, so I agree with that one 100%. Yeah, he got that um, good. Um, Swordsman 2. John L. Jet Li? No? Okay. Nope. Uh, and, then, and then last, uh, he says that it is an unarguable fact that Alien <laughs> and Aliens are equal. Okay! James Gunn. That is, yes, you're 100% correct. Both completely different movies, but yep. both equally incredible. Yep. And both supremely watchable over and over and over again. Those yep. two are just, you have your horror movie and your fucking action movie. They're just incredible films. And I love and them kind both. Of, kind dearly. of a bizarre back-to-back watch. Like, I know we did that one time with yeah. Delmo. We watched them both yeah. back-to-back. And it's, you have to like reset your brain in between yeah. how different they are. But, yeah, so great. So. So, yeah. so great. So, uh, you know, I would say, I would challenge our listeners, anybody who might be listening right now, hey, uh, if you think there's a sequel out there that's better than the original, let us know. Tweet at us. Like, reach out to us on social media. Let us know what you think of this list. Do you agree with any of these? Do you disagree? Or if you can think of another movie that you think is better than the original, let us know. Let's talk about it. Hey, while we're on the subject of sequels, I saw the sequel to uh, Trolls uh, two days Tour? ago. Yeah, I yeah. saw it. Uh-huh. And is it better than the original? Than the original? I don't think so. I don't know, man. It's a lot of subtleties, a lot of nuances between these two. I would say the answer is a hearty no. Yeah. It was fucking garbage. Yep. Um, I would also say that Frozen Two also falls into that category, kind of garbage compared to the original. Yep. Um, my son that tonight just goes Frozen Two. That was garbage, just unannounced to the, and then just <laughs> said it to the family, and we're like, that's he's pretty accurate with that. And you know, Eli. He's very soft oh, on films, yes. yep. but he yep. just straight up said that was garbage. Trolls, my, now here's the thing. My daughter, because she was going on about it, because she we, we rented it. It was the first movie that we rented right. you know, that should have been got a release. Sure. Um, and it was 20 bucks to rent this movie. You didn't buy it. You just rented it for 20 bucks, yeah. and he had it for 40 hours. Uh-huh. So it was the first time we'd done it. I said, that's steep. But then I justified it. We're like, well, if you well, were this would have the- come out. Yep. We would have went to the movie theaters to see it, and it would have cost like forty bucks plus snacks. So for us, do, so I'm like, do you it's, think there was something fun. lost by not seeing? Do you think your opinion of it would change in any way had you been in the theater watching it as opposed to at home? Yes, I would have got an opportunity to sleep if I'd been in the theater, right, and I wouldn't enough. have been disturbed, which yeah. would have been great. Um, that's the big takeaway. Uh, it's I didn't fall asleep during it. But there's a moment where I went to the bathroom and just kind of hidden there for about 10 minutes. Uh, it's <laughs> fucking terrible. Now, I know we'll say that the bad guys in this movie are the metal, the metal trolls, the rock oh, they trolls. They do not paint rock very well. No. So I was like, I'm with these guys. Take the rest of this shit over. The yeah. rock trolls have it fucking right. And the, the leader was Ozzy, who was like, yeah, no. So, it, yeah, the film's terrible. I mean, the songs aren't good. It's just like I would bombard it with trolls when it first came out. The soundtrack was on in my car constantly. My daughter loves the movie and said tonight, trolls 
World Tour is our favorite film of all time. And I looked at her and go, really? And then she goes, no, no, it's still fantastic, Mr. Fox. And I'm like, yes, it is. Because that go. is an excellent film. Right. And um, so, yeah, tr- yeah, it's... <laughs> It doesn't fall under James Gunn's. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, no, he didn't say that sequels are better than the original. Right, just these. He just said sequels. A lot. Of, I think a lot of times people always say that sequels are worse than the originals, and he's like, "Well, here's 27 examples of movies I think are better than the original." Right. Take it or leave it. Yeah, man. Um, that's a good list. I liked it. That was fun. Uh, yeah, you know, and you can find it. It was a he. It was James Gunn on Twitter, and of course, it's probably got a few hundred replies with other people saying, you know, how they feel about that list, but also adding to it. So uh, it's worth looking into. Um, Rocky Two was one I kept hearing over and over, but um, whatever. Uh, um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. Rocky I don't, Two. I don't know if I agree with that. Rocky Three, yes, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you're aware, Adam, but tonight was the, was the beginning or the series two, um, of what we do in the shadows premiered on. Oh yeah. 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 They did a, um, uh, a live like watch along, right. Too. Yeah. Like some of the, either the, the producers or the writers or maybe some of the actors in it, they, uh, they did a, like a, a virtual watch along, like a zoom thing where they would do a Q and a as you're watching it. But yeah, uh-huh. that's pretty cool. I didn't um, watch it, but I saw that. I haven't happening. watched it yet either. It's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half episode tonight, which oh, is wow. very exciting. So depending on how much the Benadryl kicks my arse, I might try and watch it tonight if okay. I can, when we're done with this. Um, or I'll just watch it at some point tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm really excited for that. I absolutely love that show. Um, weirdly enough, I never saw the movie. I saw bits of the movie. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing through, but the the but obviously I knew I was aware of the characters and how they portray they were portrayed and what they were going to do. Um, but the series season one was laugh out loud funny. Oh, it was um, excellent. Yeah, and you know I was a huge fan, so I'm really excited. I'm really happy it's back. Um, I haven't watched the last episode of Park Picard yet, which kind of says a lot, I think. Mm, you know what? Neither have I. I started it. You see, times. dude. Yeah. Now, yeah. have you watched the second ep- last episode, or have you wa- have you oh, watched part yeah. one of the finale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have. Yeah. Where they they go to the planet and yeah. they meet everybody. Uh huh. And then like right? Data's brother. Fred in it again. Yep. yep. Do you see what I mean? I think I said last time we talked about it that it just they just take a left turn in somewhere else, and I'm like, why are they going in this direction? Yeah. This is starting to get really messy, and I obviously want to watch the last one, but I just I haven't watched it because I it's kind of like I'm putting it off because I think I know I'm going to be really disappointed, so I just I, haven't watched it. I hope that the second season w- will be different enough that the, the story will be different. I think that hopefully they'll learn from this first season and find a groove because I think there's potential for longevity here. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick Stewart is just such a watchable person. He's so right. great. Um, I hope that they can find a groove and I hope that they can kind of steer away from that, 
super apocalyptic, like everything is the end of the world or the end of the universe and kind of bring it back down to a, like a, like a more local level. Cause I think that's when it's, it will work the best is when it's really the shit that is affecting the characters that you're starting to get attached to and that everything isn't just so far outside the ship that it's like universe breaking. If we don't do what we're going to do, like I get bored with that so easy, but so I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting from the point that it's very different Picard. It's not the strong move forward, figure it out. Let's roll confident Picard. He seems old, which obviously he is. He He seems old. You know, he seems like I'm out of my element here. He doesn't like beat down because he was beat down. I think that the character needs to be right now. Um, I just, hopefully they they make him more, you know, because he was always the great, you know, like, diplomat and right i'd like to see more of that and less of the just giant fucking overarching overreaching you know universe exploding shit but right yeah uh will there be a season two of picard a quick internet search uh picard season two was renewed before the series had aired its first episode so it has already been renewed and um yeah yeah, so we will uh, see another have one. You, have you watched any of the Star Trek shorts that CBS no. did? No, uh, you should. You should. They're all about f- maybe five minutes long, and I think there's maybe a dozen of them. Yeah, um, I, I'm aware of them. I just haven't got around to watching them yet. Yeah, there's there's one in particular that you should watch. Um, I, I think as they came out, I think this one came out in December. So I don't know if that was before they announced Picard series, and this is just kind of like lingering after Discovery season two. Um, yeah. But it's one short makes you think that it's just an extension of like the Caesar one of the the um, Discovery storylines, but it ends up being like a severe prequel to Picard. But it's really like wrecking. It's it's uh it's really good. Good okay, I know that if Ryan Wilson it, as Mud uh, is in one of the shorts. He the yeah he, yeah and that, he that does great. Mud character super yeah. fun. Yeah, and I, yep. he's great. He he was the perfect um, choice for Harry Mud in my opinion too. Yep. So yep. very cool. That, that short that's probably the best one actually of all of them. That one is the probably the best. Um, well, speaking of uh, like sci-fi shows that are on right now, like um, it, it kind of is a good time if you're going to binge some sci-fi because you've got. We're hot on the heels of Picard, right? Uh, that just ended. Then you've got um, Amazon just released all of the uh, the Tales from the Loop, which is the um, yeah. Jodie Foster back produced uh, series. You've got Westworld just um, came out a few weeks ago on HBO. What are we like five episodes in now? Um, mm-hmm. Season three, and then you've got um, Devs, which is the Hulu show or the the FX show on Hulu, uh, right? That's Nick Offerman, right? Have you watched any of those? I have. I've watched them all. Well, yes, I've I've watched them all. Um, Westworld is trash, by the way. It's, I'm still it's not awful. caught up. It's I'm, awful. I'm, I'm it's in Samurai a, World it's still. Good. It's not good. It's not. It's just not good, man. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good show. Um, the first series is excellent. No, the first series was great. And today on Twitter, you replied to me that Earl Grey, if Earl Grey was a person, it would be up its own arse. Well, right. Westworld is Earl Grey. All right, because that's <laughs> it is. Uh, it's too up its own arse. Um, 
yeah, it's it wants to be so heady, and it just it isn't. Um, and the Tales from the Loop is fucking beautiful. It's on Amazon Prime. All of them, they're all like they're releasing one go. Um, it, I, I I need to do some more research on the show and look into it um, because I don't know too much about it other than like who some of the major players are. But it's um it's kind of anthology ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know there can there's a loose there's a tenuous connection between all the episodes, some of them more heavily connected than others. Um, but each episode is sort of t- standalone, but each episode is like this classic sci-fi trope. So it, it's super, um, I don't know, like it, it suffers from being too, too much classic sci-fi. It's like, we've seen this story or we've seen this tale or we've, we've seen this happen so many times that you kind of can predict what's going to happen at the end of the episode. If you've ever, you know, like been exposed to sci-fi at all. Um, and I kind of said this the other day, I was like, maybe this is going to be like, um, game of Thrones was how game of Thrones was just like epic sci uh, epic fantasy made accessible to people who weren't familiar with it. And so maybe tales from the loop is just like, okay, this is, we're going to take sci-fi previous sci-fi, these stories, these tales, these tropes, condense it down to something that is gorgeous. And it is. It looks amazing. Um, and then make it accessible for a casual viewer. And then hopefully that those casual viewers will then dive deep into the last 70 years of Analog Magazine um, to find more of you know what this show is, uh, is showing. Um, it's, it's, I, I think it's too slow. It's paced really, really brutally slow um but it looks amazing and that kind of makes up for a lot they do the design the um the world that they've created is unbelievable um and then uh, what was the last one? Oh, devs devs yeah is fucking amazing is it great that's great that's good it is hear. fucking great and you know i was hesitant about that show because of nick offerman because i always wondered if nick offerman is ever going to be able to shake off ron swanson Right, you know, because like when I saw Nick Offerman, that and that that almost just with him being cast and it almost turned me off because like I don't know that I'm going to have the ability because I uh, I am a you know fucking Parks and Rec purist. I mean, I right. love that show, um, so I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to to separate him as an actor from that character, but he is very talented and he's very good and he he. Um, he, you know, has has clearly created this role, and then dives into it, and you forget. Like, there's oftentimes where I have to come back and be like, "Oh shit, that's Nick Offerman." Um, but it's it's great. It's, How many um, episodes are they in that one? I, you know, I think I would I would bet that this that this coming Thursday, um, tomorrow, will be the last. I think it's probably the season finale. Um, really? So I think it would be like seven or eight episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's, seriously, it's, it's all building to something. So it's relatively short, but it's hour long episodes. Um, and it's, it is heady, you know, like good sci-fi is meant to be heady. And I know there's a lot of debate right now, whether it's, is it science fiction or science fact because of how much speculation is going into what the is, uh, is, you know, behind this, the, the driving force of the show. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil anything because there is too much to be spoiled. It says uh, it's a limited series, so that means this is it. Possibly, it, there can't be any more. It, this isn't a show that's designed to have more than one season. It's one story, broken out over you know seven hour long episodes or whatever it is. Um, but it's really clever. 
it's really clever. And I, I, you know, it's all like super like tech based, right? It's like a tech company. And so right. I wonder, and, I, and it, I should reach out to some of my friends who are in the tech industry uh, and find out if, if they're looking at the show and watching it through the same lens that you and I would be looking at Bruce Brothers. Have you seen any of this yet? No, I've heard some oh, whisperings boy. about it. Is I'm that not, Netflix? Yeah, it's Netflix. I'm not watching it. I don't care. Uh, I, You know what? I saw the name. Trash. Read the synopsis. Trash. I saw the trailer. <laughs> trash um, is it supposed to be like a comedy <laughs> well you know so this is kind of funny because the um the producer of the show or the executive producer his name is jeff schaefer um you know and he's got some he's got a good pedigree he was the league curb your enthusiasm um he i guess he got he w w said he was intrigued by the idea it it, it um came from is uh, another executive producer on the show. Um, and he said that um, he said something about it. Like no one is doing a show in the craft brewery world. So it's like ripe for the, you know, for the taking. Uh, but he also said that the craft world is a world that needs to be taken down a peg. And it's funny in oh, this, for yeah, fuck's sake, you know, like whatever. Okay, fine. But he says like, this bubble has been growing and now everybody and their dumb uncle is telling you that their IP, IPA is too hoppy or they can taste apricot notes in their stout. Everyone has become a beer expert and that is completely unnecessary. Oh boy. Like that. that I already hate it and I haven't even watched it. it. Exactly. And you know, like, like people are like, Oh, you just don't like it. Cause it's not real. Like, well, no, I never believed for one minute that the office is what like working in an office is like cheers was did not paint an accurate representation of what working in a bar is like, right? No, it's a right. fucking sitcom. It's situational comedy. Like, you get that, and I can separate that. I just watching the trailer. It just does not look fucking good. It's just like a, <laughs> I have to watch like one of them. I mean, yeah, I do think that this probably like craft brewing is growing is a phenomenon that is ripe for some sort of parody or satire, but this just wasn't it. But I haven't watched mm. it either, so I don't want to be the person that shits on something without actually seeing it. But Dude, you just shat all over it, man. Yeah, well <laughs> I mean I just wonder if there's like if Netflix is like I mean, do they need someone that can just like listen to pitches and go, Oh dude, no, don't that's no fuck that that's not good. No, don't, I don't think do they're that. they're making everything now. It, or they just have so like much the, money like who cares? Yeah, it's like the Rick and Morty episode where the whole um, I'm in, you son of a bitch. You know the whole that whole crew episode was just basically so so Morty wouldn't get his fucking his uh, Netflix, his, his series uh, made show. by Netflix. Yeah, yeah. right. So that, I mean, it's, I think that's more real than yeah. Whatever you got, we got so much money. Let's just fucking make more shit. Well, there's a lot of talent behind um, it. It just wasn't, you know. And they keep saying like, "This is the league's drunk brother." I'm like, what are you talking about? The league. Is somebody's drunk brother? You can't, you can like out drink. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's garbage. Um, I, you know, at some point, out of just morbid curiosity, I'll probably watch the first episode against every like, you know, three or four people have come out of the woodwork already saying like, I watch this. It's just what you think. It's not that great. If you even removing the craft beer nonsense or the brewery nonsense, just take that environment because that's all situ like sitcoms are. It doesn't matter. It's the same stories. It's the same shit. You're just dropping in a different environment. Like, oh, this is a parks department. Oh, this is what it's like in a bar. 
Oh, this is what it's like to work right. in an office. Oh, this is an ad agency. Oh, this is whatever. It's like it's the same shit. Just it's just another can, frame. Right, another frame. Yeah. And so really the only thing that can hold you up is the writing. And it just right. appears that this writing is not that great. Um, but um, I haven't watched um, – I've, I've been watching Hunters. Um, I'm about five episodes in, um, the Al Pacino, Nazi Hunter thing. Right. Um, it's kind of batshit crazy. Yes. You, you know, on Prime. Um, it, but it's entertaining. I'm not, I, not entertained I, by it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, and it was also weird, like it's it's fun and it's funny sometimes, but then it's also like really harsh and brutal and like holds a, like an, an actual mirror up to society. And it's like, whoa, that's fucking real. Like that shit is real. And yeah. It happens, and that's not. Like, we can't joke about this. And then they do. Yeah. Right. It's how, how far into it are you? I think episode five. I'm on episode five. Okay. All right. It's just finding the time. I don't seem to have the time to do it. Oh, I get it. it. Is it an hour-long show? I can't remember. I think it was hour-long, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will. I want to. Yeah, when you get through it, I want to talk to you about it after the last episode because one of the biggest problems I had watching it, I want to talk to you about after you finish watching it. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Cool. And we can talk offline. I can't think of anything else that's coming out on, on TV lately. Or soon, or that I haven't seen. Can you? Uh, Ozark is the only other thing that I've that I've been hearing people talk about that I've been watching that makes me feel like I'm part of the zeitgeist. Well, I'm actually only on episode two of season one on that show, so. Oh wow! Okay, all right. So you got some catching up to do. Right. It's fucking nuts, though. I will definitely say that. Yeah, buckle up. It's. <laughs> I don't know if I can though. I I don't really like anybody in it. Yeah, no, there's no you one to I mean? like. Yep. I don't know if I want to stick around something. I just don't like any of the characters. And you know what? There's so much out there. You shouldn't. I will happily do a synopsis right. for you later if you decide that you're like, you know what? Yeah, all I, right. don't, I don't need to get to know okay. these guys anymore. Yeah. I just like it in okay. my head. It's, w- always, it's, it's always Michael Bluth in like Witness Protection Program. So like when I yeah. think about like – uh, Jason Bateman, and he's just doing that same character, but now there's like some real stakes, and you can see how he changes. But yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, that's TV. And we're back in the room. So, um, the one last thing I'll say before we enter this segment that you will all recognize, we're going to into Pod Corner now. Is that um, uh, Rick and Morty? Uh, the rest of this season is coming back uh, May third, which is in two weeks from. Is that two weeks from Sunday? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and Snuffles is back. Do you remember Snuffles? I do. Morty's remember dog. Snuffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've, we've so been waiting back. for him to come back, right? Like it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Alexa just came on by herself start talking to me so he must have said something to to uh, activate her she's in now in kill mode just a red ring spinning around yeah, um so um the corner i have a podcast do you have one sure do you want to go first or second no Should you I go, go first? first yeah go okay so this is a quite a specific podcast it's probably going to appeal to maybe one other person listening who also happens to be the executive producer of the show but i listened to a podcast and um, 
and it usually comes out a couple of times a week, and it is called Arsecast. Um, <laughs> it's the Arse blog, Arsecast. And guess what? It's about Arsenal. Yeah, so, so there um, you go, boys. It's, it's put together by Andrew Mangan, uh, who's an Irish guy, actually lives in Dublin, and um, he... Uh, he uh, talks about Arsenal and they talk about what's happened the week before or what's happened the night before if we've played a game. And they analyze the game. Him and his um, J- James McNichols is the is co-host. And they analyze the game. They talk about Arsenal, state of the union at Arsenal um, as it goes through their season. So the, the whole problem, though, is that obviously no they don't have anything to talk about. Yeah. Right. So it's stopped and they're just talking about stuff. Now, they still base it in the football world, but then um, his co-host, James, is a stand-up comedian as well. So he talks about magpies because he's got this whole bit about magpies in the show. It's very funny, silly. Um, They're very irreverent, um, and they're letting themselves go on tangents because they don't have anything else to talk about. Right, Right. but this one thing came up, and this is why I'm bringing it up today, because I wouldn't normally bring up Arse Blogs, Arse Cast, but any Arsenal fans out there, definitely should check it out. Um, but they started talking about wigs because James is also an actor. So he does like some um, acting on British TV and stuff. And he's been in a couple of movies and like bit parts. And he was telling this story how he was approached by this very well-known actor. He wouldn't say who it was um, at this thing they were at and said, have you ever thought of having uh, a hairpiece or a toupee? Or a wig done. This is kind of taking a turn into Kyle, Kyle's corner as well, by the way, because I'm talking about wigs and I'm going to lead into a conspiracy theory esque. It's not really conspiracy theory, but anyway. So he, he was approached by this actor and he said, Have you ever thought about having a wig done? Because he was bald. He's a bald man. And he said, No, why would I do that? And he goes, You'd be very surprised at how many parts you'd get if you did have hair. Right. He's yeah. like, That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then I did a Google search on. Because he said, I guess the guy intimated that there was quite a few other actors out there that you weren't aware of that actually had wigs and hair pieces, or as he called it, hair systems. They're called hair systems. So it's very innocuous kind of statement. So instead of saying toupee or wig or hair transplant, it's a hair system. (laughs) So a quick Google search pulled up the... 12, this is from hairbro.com, the 12 male celebrities who wear wigs that you uh, might not know yeah. about. Okay. So this is another list. Um, so I'm going to go through these. I'm going to preface this first of all by saying I, I noticed something two nights ago. I watched the final recap episode of um, Tiger King. Have you seen yeah. that yet? Yeah. And it's Joel McHale, who I'm a huge fan of from Ooh, Community. No, 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 I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, well, it's like Joel McHale does like a recap and a kind of interview, Skype interviews, the the members of the show, right? Okay. And yeah. um, a catch-up episode. Sure. And I love Joel McHale. I loved him in the soup. I loved him when he was on Community. Community. Um, and I was looking at his hair. He is Netflix homie now. Yeah. He, he actually alludes to that. He's oh, like, yeah. I'll do that. And Netflix asked me. And he, he looked at his hair. Very thick on top. And then if you, uh, I just did a little side Googling of Joe McHale early in his career. Yeah, dude was going bald. Oh, and okay. he is definitely 100% 
got a hair system going on. I don't know what if it's attached or if it's a wig, because supposedly you can get these wigs that attach for six months. They (sighs) won't come off. Or you can actually get the transplant where they actually put hair into your head, like Elton John got, right? Or Wayne Rooney, who's a footballer who played for Manchester United, got. So, um, but Joe McHale definitely has a hair system. Um, I'm going to count these down in no particular order. Um, I'll try and leave the last one, the most surprising one to me at the end. John Travolta. I think we all know he has stuff. He wears them left and right. Um, Kevin James is on this list. I don't give a shit about Kevin James. He really just, if he does, it looks exactly the same. Okay. Um, Robert Patterson. Really? Yeah. It says here, sorry, ladies, it's true. Robert Pattinson has said that he wore a hairpiece in the final Twilight movie. That's not really the same. Oh, no. Wearing a wig for That's a role costume. is not the same yeah, as wearing you know, a wig generally. Um, Daniel Craig. When did he have a hair system? For what movie? I mean, he just, again, ha- he just has he just, one now. He just has one. He, he didn't have it. one years ago, and he has one now. Okay. So he has the system in. Um, <laughs> Chuck Norris. Yes. Well, duh. And yeah. honestly, Chuck, no, his, he looks like his a doll's wig. has a Chuck Norris. <laughs> it looks, his, his hair looks afraid of Chuck Norris. Yeah. It, it, he, he has a child's it wig on his head. It just falls off so it doesn't have to be near him anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I mean, I, I thought he would have made more. Made, he made a lot of money. He could probably get a better deal. Here's one that we all knew, but I didn't really realize until I saw the side-by-side pictures. Kevin Costner. Definitely okay. losing it in his career. You see him in Field of Dreams. He's got that kind of wisp. He's got that wispy kind of going at the top, but kind of locked out, you know, kind of baseball player-esque. Now he's got like, it's all up at the front. It's all happening at the front. It wasn't happening at the front in Field of Dreams. It was all happening at the back. Yeah. Yeah. But he has a hair system. He looks good. I mean, good for him. Um, Al Pacino. Yeah. Like they have this picture of him. You can see he's going bald at the front. Hooah! You know, and then it's just like he's got this mop of hair. Honestly, oh. I don't think Al has got a weave. I think he's straight up wearing a tube. No. He's wearing he's like a Shatner. He's wearing yeah. a tube. Um Brendan Fraser. Okay. Actually, where where is Brendan Fraser now? Like, why? <laughs> I mean, maybe to yeah, there's a very unflattering picture of yeah. him on this thing. It's not yeah. good. Um I didn't know this one. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yeah. He has a hair system. I, yeah. And they'll, I'll read the blurb. To some of you, this may come as a surprise. Matthew was known for his wild curly hair and beautiful blonde hair. Sorry, ladies. The f- hair is fake. Matthew is bald. He's a star of so many Hollywood movies known to be one of the most handsome and sexiest men alive. But he is bald wearing some kind of hair system. Pictures on the internet show that Matthew started to get bald about 20 years ago. I mean, there probably only very little of the natural hair in his head still remains. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Hmm. Um, number, they have number one on this. I'm skipping number two because I'm leaving him to the last. Charlie Sheen. Hmm. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Again. Okay. Yeah. Is number two Tom Cruise? No. Oh. It's Ben Affleck. Oh, okay. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me either. I figured. I didn't know yeah. that though. Yeah, if you look at I had no idea. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They straight up do side by side here. 
He's got a full mane now. Back in the day, not so much. Yeah. Of course, he denies it, but the evidence is in the pictures that can be found all over the fucking internet. Sorry, Ben. Um, but interesting stuff from hairbro.com, if you want to check out, check that out. As well, I kind of drifted into a rabbit hole because of my fixation on listening to a podcast about Arsenal when Arsenal aren't even fucking playing right now. But it is what it, it leads, is. It's leading to something good. There you go. Be right. pragmatic about it. So my podcast recommendation this week um, is is only kind of worth checking out. Uh, it's a podcast called Dead Eyes. Okay. And the premise of this is there's a comedian named Connor Ratliff, and I guess he was uh, he was allegedly he was hired to be an extra for the HBO show Tom Hanks produced uh, Band of Brothers. And when it came time for him to do his bit to be on the show, uh, the final casting, Tom Hanks scrapped him because he told, he said that, um, Connor had dead eyes. And so <laughs> this guy, so clearly this is that's, that's a fucking shitty thing to say to somebody. Well, okay. But, <laughs> Sorry, right. mate, you've got dead eyes. You've Get the fuck eyes. out. Right. <laughs> uh, and you know, Tom Hanks, like for me, he can't do any wrong, which is why I was like keyed into this. I'm like, I know. Really? Tom Hanks, no one ever has anything to say bad about this guy. Which is what leads he me to believe. He does have dead this, eyes. I'm looking at the picture right now. They are kind of weird looking. Well, the, right, think, not dead, intense. Right. Well, this I think that that's why I think this show is a little <laughs> bit serious because really, 20 years later, you're still and he's like, oh, this ended my career, but it didn't because he still has had work and he's been on some really popular shows, uh, and I think that this is just the the Dead Eye show. <laughs> also, his voice is kind of hard to listen to. Um, so dead eyes and a shit voice. And um, well, not a shit voice, but he, like one of the reviews on iTunes, like when you go through, like, are people people are digging this? And there was one guy who was like, hey, "It's a good idea." He's got a terrible voice. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, dead eyes too. Yeah, and dead eyes. <laughs> um, but it seems like it's one of those things where, like, what drives me crazy about podcasts is like, I'm going to, I have a bunch of famous friends, so I'm going to leverage my famous friends into like i'm gonna have this podcast tenuously based on like this shit that happened to him that again is a little bit spurious uh 20 years ago but it's just so i can get my famous friends on to kind of help kind of signal boost my career um right and so it is it is a it, it takes like what could be a really cool like oh, i really want to know about this let's like what happened like are you going to ever talk to tom hanks and find out why he would have said that but it doesn't. It never. It never gets resolved. It just. It's just becomes this insufferable introspection or retrospection of this guy's career, um, and you know how hard Hollywood is and how hard it is to get a job. And I don't know. It, I, I, I'm two, three episodes in, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. But I think that for somebody who has interest in this, if you really want to know what the Hollywood experience is like for a stand-up comedian trying to find jobs in sitcoms and um, and you want to hear them talk to their famous friends, then yeah, here you go. This is not, you know, it's a pretty good example of that, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. There's a, I have to imagine there's better out there that I could use my time to listen to. Uh, I can't, I just can't get, yeah. can't get behind someone who has a relatively successful career in the business whining about something that happened 20 years ago just i thought that that's great that's a great one hey everyone um i just wanted to uh interject here for a second 
um, we actually had some technical difficulties that um, made us have to take a break on this particular podcast. And then we reconvened um, about a week and a half later, which we'll allude to later on. I just wanted to put this spot in here so you weren't confused when we start talking about a beer dinner and how we've been drinking that night about something else. So uh, this is kind of like a mid-break point. I don't really know what else to do. I should have prepared something. I should have sang a song or, you know, done some kind of, you know, fun, quirky, you know, uh, factoid. But I don't have anything. I just thought I'll just record this little bit and this will be a link from that part to this part. So um, thanks, as always, for listening to us. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And um, um, I'm going to just kind of just drift you gently into this Miltas episode, which will start off like it's its own episode, but it's not. It's the end of this episode. So enjoy. And thanks again for listening. Good luck. Stay tuned. Don't untune. I know I say good luck, but that means, I mean, I really mean that good luck, but it doesn't mean it's over. It's not over. Here we go to the next part. Well, I am, the beer dinner tonight, I had a half a bottle of Tank 7, like uh, 12 ounce or, yeah, 12 ounce, and about, you know, eight or ten ounces of the whiskey barrel stout, which sure. is the last course. Jesus, I had to take a break. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I feel. Now, I had maybe three beers when everybody was here today. You know, I had a pale ale and like maybe two hustle ups. Um, but I, Christ, I was like, I feel pretty drunk. I don't remember I who it was out. and at what beer dinner we were at when I told someone, I was like, look, man, you don't have to drink all of the beer. And they're like, that's right. a fucking revelation. I was like, do not feel like, yeah. It, like, don't feel like you no. got to, I mean, like, if you want to, go for it. Be a hero. Right. But don't feel like you have to. I would say the fun thing about virtual beer dinners, and Kyle alluded to this on the actual show, uh, was that you could just drink them all and get fucked up, and who cares? Oh, yeah, like, who cares? You know, exactly. and, then you, and then within 10, 15, 20 feet of you, you've got a bed. You just yeah. lay down in that. <laughs> yeah. And it was a really, it was a really good point. <laughs> it's the brave new world. Maybe it is. So um, so here we are. So we're going to finish this episode off. This has been a weird one for us because um, we've kind of recorded this over a two-week period almost. Right? You're pulling down the magic curtain of podcasting. You're letting people know that this is yeah. these were done a week and a half apart. The reason why is because I've been getting complaints from our fans, the one or two vocal ones. I was going to say, who who, are who, like, which one, Clint? And no, who are where's the fucking podcast? And oh. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I, we're trying to get it done. We're just busy right now. Right. See, you I know, didn't think anybody you know, was listening. Not, to... I don't know. We're not but, sitting around. We have no. shit to do. Yeah. So but, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. How are you even listening to other podcasts right now? I mean, I, I wonder if just po- podcast listening is down in general because people aren't spending as much time like in their cars or commuting. So I'm wondering, and I was thinking about this too. It was like these podcasters who like, this is their livelihood. They get paid to do this. See, the difference is right. you and I don't get paid. So we can survive right. this shit. 
because we've right. not been getting paid for like seven years now. So, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to make it through, you know. Uh, yeah. And with the are. post, you know, with the post office like coming under threat, like stamps.com, they're not fucking sponsoring anybody. So if you're, you know, if you got a massive podcast listenership and stamps.com is your sponsor, you're probably hurting right now. Right. We are on the other hand. Hurt all the time. Money. So we, we haven't lost any money. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're always hurting. So that's, that's uh, our. So I guess, um, so yeah, we're, we're finally doing the Miltas part of this podcast. And it's going to turn out to be quite a long one because I think we're up to when I, when we went back and edited out our stuff and locked it down, we we're about 45 minutes or so. So we'll add another whatever minutes on top of this and hopefully we'll get to about an hour for this one because um the Miltas the movies I love that are shit is is a little bit detailed and oh, do and you is it that, is it that you have a lot to say or that you think that we will have a lot to say? I have a lot to say on this one. Okay. Um and um I think that if you are an avid listener to this show um you can pick out especially in this one because we've done it quite regularly um you can pick out the amount of effort i put in versus the amount of effort i haven't put in and um, sure. a lot of that is it's not it's done by design and by my design like i don't want to go in with too much preparation because um i want to pull as much from my memory and um, because sure. i think that's yep. the that's the it's real organic that way yeah, real, yeah it's the real yeah, root I, of agree. this whole thing um, but some of them I, I do more prep for you know because i've either forgotten um it appeals to me in an idea and I have to kind of do more research that kind of fleshes it out for me. So this one, I did a little bit more effort in and not that it's not, you know, uh, you're, you're it, building this it, up way too much. I know it's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> and I, I hope shouldn't it's be, something like garbage pill be, kids. Because it's a bag of shit. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Uh, maybe it is garbage pill um, kids. It's, it's not, but oh my God, I rented that movie when I was a kid and my family, like I was, you cannot go to the video store by yourself anymore because you brought that shit home from Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids, the movie specifically. So, um, yeah, uh, that's very cool that you, you actually brought that up. But, um, no, this is a film. Um, it's a horror movie. So I'm going to try and lead you down the road until you guess it, Adam, as we normally do. So um, okay. it's uh, released okay. in, in 1984. Um the tagline is an adult nightmare. A child shall lead them. Um, it got 30%, 30, 36% on a tomato meter. So it's right in our children wheelhouse. Children of the Corn? It is Children of the Corn. Give that man a hand. Uh, wow. Very, very good. Adam's great at this, man. He's figured this out. So he's figured me out. Um, so yeah, eighty four was the year of Dune, The Last Starfighter, Children of the Corn. Eighty four was a fucking great year, man. But please continue. I can't. I don't think you should say eighty four was a great year because of this movie, though. Oh no! I think no, maybe no. some of the oh. other movies you talked about. Yeah. But fair, I think eighty four seems to be in our. In I feel like it just like it was an impressionable year mind. to me. Yeah. Yeah, and me too. It's in our hive mind because we've yeah. talked and loved these films that come from this. Yeah. Maybe we should rename. Our, our podcast, 1984. Movies that I love that were made in 1984. Yeah. Are we, do we live in 1984 right now? In, in, in God, world, can we right? go back to 1984? Um. <clears throat> so um, this is a movie based on the novel by Stephen King, obviously. 
super prolific writer who I've just started reading the final number seven, I think, of the Dark Tower, the final book of the Dark Tower uh, series. Um, I love Stephen King. I've been reading his shit since I was, you know, a little kid. So I'm, um, you know, this was a movie that I will say, uh, this is a movie that, let me just tell you about the movie first before uh, I quick question. Well, I can't, I can't remember. Was Children of the Corn, was it a proper novel or was it a short story? It was a short story. Okay. It was what, in what collection? Night, Night Shift. Night, Night Shift. Okay, there you go. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. All right. So, um, uh, it's, um, it's available on Prime or on a Tubi TV for free. Um, it stars Peter Horton, who was also in, um, 30 something, if you've seen that back in the eighties, um, John Franklin as, as Isaac and Courtney Gaines as Malachi. And then I had someone called Linda Hamilton. Uh, she was as Vicky. Uh, I think she was in um, another TV show called uh, Beauty and the Beast. I think that's oh, what yeah. she's most well known for. So yeah. um, I can't think of anything else she was in aside Nothing. from Beauty and the Beast and Children <laughs> of the Corn. So, um, but um, they actually remade this movie. So it was um, uh, made for a budget of eight hundred grand, but it made about Whoa. fourteen and a half million dollars. Yeah, it some serious money at the box office. Um, it's uh, it's 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 about he who walks behind the rose is the kind of evil quote unquote evil bad thing in this. Was that the film. name of the short story? Uh, no, I, I think so. It might have been, or it might just have been Children of the Corn. I don't. Yeah. So okay. The, uh, all right. But the, whatever. The yeah. Continue. Was, um, Bert, who's uh, the Peter Horton character, and Lynn and Linda Hamilton, the Vicky character, they're on their way to Seattle. He's just become a doctor. They're a young couple enjoying their life they have to be driving through the middle of america nebraska they get lost in this situation things kind of turn weird when they're distracted on the road and he essentially runs over a kid yeah like they're looking at the map or um let's push this it's a modern day they're texting on their phone or distracted run over a kid like they literally run a fucking kid over that was a a, a stephen king theme for a while before he got run over too whoa right continue yeah so uh uh they come to find out that there's something uh, he gets out of the car and as a as a doctor and he uses his expert opinion to realize that this kid's throat's already been slashed and uh so there's something afoot here in the local town so they ride into town things go crazy turns out the kids have killed all the adults and they've taken over the town um, and they they the, in, in 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 the lure of this Isaac character um, who's John Franklin who was 25 when he made this supposed to be playing a 14 year old holy kind of shit really kind of look yeah, yeah. that's a weird kind of look his voice him. is weird and but he, yeah yeah um, but he um, he is ever got, got all the other kids in thrall um, with the, the he who walks behind the rose uh, kind of speaking through him. So they killed all the all the kids, all the all the parents, I mean, in this town, and they um they have this uh they have this kind of new society that they are kind of very honest like, like very up Logan's good, run. Yeah, very like frontier esque Logan's run. Honestly, um the weird thing I found out when I was re watching this was it's some certain things stood out to me. Um there was um I remembered when I watched this again 
that there was a Star Trek original series, and everything goes back to certain things for us, obviously. But there was an original, in the original series of Star Trek, there was a, uh, an episode called And the Children Shall Lead. Right. So let's think about that. The, the short story was, as you pointed out earlier on, called Children Shall Lead Them. So then you had this episode in Star Trek that got, really, that got shown in 1968. So in 74 was when Stephen King released this. Uh, book Night Shift with the short stories in. But in 68, he'd already seen the episode of the Star Trek show and The Children Shall Lead, which was in season three, episode four. And, and The Children Shall Lead was a very similar premise. Sure. About these kids, they murdered all the adults. They had this character called the Gorgon, who they would call up, who was like this entity that then pulled in when, when the Enterprise came to like find out what happened, why this particular colony had stopped communicating. They found all the adults dead and the children of the only ones left. But they'd been told by this Gorgon character that they had to kill the adults and then they would become something else through that. So it's the same fucking story. Man. Sure. So Stephen King obviously saw this episode of Star Trek and then wrote the I'm story. I'm going to put this in rural America. America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make this story on Earth. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. So I always thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that was interesting because I found I figured that out as I was watching this. Um, but it's um, why I put this in our show. Why this is a Miltas is because it kind of fits in uh, to the time frame when we were getting those uh, videos from the guy in the van who was driving around our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of those. Which multiple of these have been that. And uh, I remember me Matt like putting this in and uh, and watching it and. We didn't really get horror movies in, in my house, but my parents weren't really hip on that. But we put this in, and uh, we just watched it through the end. And then, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> fucking bloody. Like, yeah. it's pretty, there's some real shit in this, especially in the beginning where the kids murder all the adults. But um, I will say, too, though, it has a very, I think maybe this is why it seemed safer. It has a very, like, uh, made for TV vibe sure, about it. Absolutely. So, Yep. So when you watch that, you yep. kind of think like, oh, well, this can't, it's not going to show too much. No, it's you know, like you're watching Little House on the Prairie or something like that. That's right. what it feels so, like. Yeah. yeah. So you're, so I think that's why this kind of slipped through the net of not showing horror movies in my house. But um, uh, let me see. The best effect in the movie is the burrowing thing yeah. that they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was, which they kind of presented this on a national scale. And this was before Evil Dead did it. Um, before oh. Sam Raimi did an Evil Dead yeah. and Evil Dead yeah. 2, um, where they basically had this thing they called a turtle, which is an upside-down wheelbarrow and rails underneath like a tarp with dirt on it. They yep. just pulled it by a tractor. And that's kind of how they made the whole creature. Like, they, they used some animation effects. And when I say animation, I literally mean cartoon effects to show, like, through, you know, fire later on in the movie that there was some creature in the corn. So yeah. it was made by an upside-down wheelbarrow and some cartoons. Um, <laughs> but honestly, that kind of like um, guerrilla filmmaking is really genius. You know, you got to salute the people who made it. Um, the guys who did make it, like Fritz Kirsch, and, uh, didn't really make anything else. He made some TV series, but this is the only real movie he made. Um, it was written by George Goldsmith. And he said it was a metaphor for the Iranian Revolution, which is when... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Shah of Iran was uh, yeah. overthrown by the Ayatollah. 
Yeah. So uh, he, he that was that metaphor was for that. Um, I don't think many people picked up on that, but it's back so in the day, um, nuanced. But uh, it's uh, the 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 trench that they use the burrowing um, uh, creature slash wheelbarrow was actually dug by the lo a local troop of Boy Scouts. Oh. Yeah, so okay. they earned their media badge on this one, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not going to say what happens in the end because I never do, but um, it just let's, seems... Let's talk like, sequels. Weren't there sequels? I never saw them. So hold on, hold on. We're going to get there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, there was a show back in 2004 by Fox called Kid Nation. Do you remember this? Nope. Where they basically took a bunch of kids and put them in a in a small, you know, area, um, village, quote unquote village, uh, where they filmed them and just let them kind of see what kind like of Like Lord of the Flies, just kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. And it was becoming like Lord of the Flies. So similar to this. That shit got canceled after a season. Sure. Yeah. And people got sued. <laughs> like people got sued. So, Kid Nation, look that shit up. Where I want to know um, where those kids are today. Uh, this is the eighth Stephen King-based uh, movie uh, at the time. Can you name the other seven that came before this? Seven Stephen King movies before 84. Prior to uh, Children of the Corn, 84. Okay. Uh, Shining. Carrie. Correct. Correct. Cujo. Correct. That was a good one. I think you get that. Um... Uh, shit, what's the car one? Um, oh. What is the car one? God damn it. It's coming. So the car one. Um, Christine. Got it. Christine. All right. You got so three left. Four. 84. Three more horror films? Are they horror? Can you tell me that? Uh, well, Stephen King, buddy. Well, that doesn't mean anything, because you got, like, Stand By Me, you got Shawshank Redemption, At People. So, he doesn't always do. All right, so, three more. Oh, no. Uh, um, I would say, out of these three, um, one of them is just an excellent movie. And the other two are, one of them affected me quite a lot when I was young, and the other one's kind of a throwaway. Oh no, Pet Cemetery was too late. Oh, uh, Salem's Lot. Boom. No. That's the one that affected me. Yep, yep, yep. I kind of knew that. Very scary. Um, and two more. One's an anthology. An anthology they got made? Oh, Cat's Eye. No. Oh, that's great, though. I love that movie. Cat's Eye's great. No, earlier was that, than that. Was that. Oh, Similar kind of thing. Yeah. Directed by George oh, oh, uh, Merrill. Boom. Creepshow. There you go. Classic. And one more. The biggest star of these seven for sure was in this movie. Early in this guy's career. Uh, I'm going to beat myself up for it, but I can't. I don't want to drag this on. Um, Herbert Lom was in it. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Martin Sheen was in it. Mm. Herbert Lom. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, um, dead, oh, God, what the fuck is the name? <laughs> what? Come on, you got, what, what? Uh, Say it. 
Everybody who's listening is going like, it's going dead zone, Adam. Dead it's zone, fucking dead yes. zone. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah. Christopher Walken. What right, Chris movie. Walken, yep. Yeah. Also one of those God movies that we got off the, the man in the, in the van. Man in the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's one. Um, the most, um, as you alluded to, the most interesting thing about this whole movie, really, is the sequels it produced. <laughs> and it is a lot. Really? Yes. So there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shut. nine sequels. Uh, and I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read all nine to you but i'm going to then inject two fake ones into the nine <laughs> so you're going to hear 11 and you're going to have to tell me the fake ones okay all right all right okay sure so basically it's it's 10 movies children of corn being one <laughs> and right. nine others plus two that i've made up okay and i'm going to read these out and you're going to have to tell me uh which oh which, please which, this which, is amazing which, this is good. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. I, I, I'm literally going to make the last one up here oh, while okay. we're talking. Okay. 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 Change my mind here. All right, so here they are. Here's the, the 11 movies, and you tell me which two are uh, made up. All right. Children of the Corn 2, Final Sacrifice. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering. Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. Children of the Corn 7, Fields of Screams. Children of the Corn 8, Revelation. Then there was the Children of the Corn TV remake. That's real. Children of the Corn uh, 9, Genesis. Children of the Corn 10, Hellscape. Children of the Corn 11, Runaway. Oh. So, um, I want, I really, really, really want Field of Screams to be fake. Okay. And uh, Genesis is really clever. That's a really clever name, but that one jumped out at me and said, like, no, that can't be right. That can't be real. But it applies so well. Um,. Yeah, I, I definitely think Field of Screams, only because I really, really hope Field of Screams was not real. Or do you hope it was real? Um, no, I don't want it. I don't want it to be real. So, um, can you read them quickly again to me one more time? Sure. Children of the Corn 2, Final Sacrifice. Okay. 3, Urban Harvest. Urban Harvest, sorry. 4, The Gathering. Five Fields of Terror, six 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 Isaac's Return, seven Field of Screams, uh, eight Revelation, nine was quote unquote was the actual real TV remake. They remade this whole thing in two thousand and nine. Uh, Ten 
Genesis. 11, Hellscape. 12, Runaway. Well, whatever. Okay, Uh, I'm going to say Hellscape. is. uh, My guesses are going to be Field of Screams and Hellscape. God damn it, you got it right. Really? Really? (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. I'm so bummed because the last time we did something like this, it was with the uh, Steven Steven Seagal. Oh, I got murdered. I I rocked you. You killed me on that one, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of one that would be like weird for... That's hilarious, by the way. That needs to be made. (laughs) Um, I was trying to think something like Corn Husker one. Right. Like, how do you, uh, Hell Husker? I mean, Genesis seemed too on the nose, which is what made me think of, but then it does like, no, this fits too much. Yeah, they're all terrible names, though. The, the, Children of the Corn 666. And that was the one that, um, uh, actually, uh, what's his name? John Franklin came back. Yeah. And I think that's the only one I knew for sure was a real one. Yeah. Have you seen any of them? <laughs> uh, you know what? I haven't seen a fucking one of these. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not upset about that. Um, God, the the latest few. What? Why does it? Genesis is it? Is this like a? Is it the same studio? Oh, is it like one of those uh, Spider-Man situations where they're like, man, this property's got teeth, so yeah, we just got to keep well, making shit. I think in the beginning, you know, the first one was uh, the sec the. the Number two was ninety three, right? So it was that was God. That was nine. Number years two was ninety three. Yeah, nine years after wow. the first one, and then they made you know, it in 95, 96, 98, 99. and then oh one. So I think that sounds like the same studio, just yeah. trying to churn shit yeah. out and make some money. And then it wasn't the next one. The TV remake wasn't until two thousand nine, and then Genesis wasn't until two thousand eleven, and then. 2018 was this runaway movie, and um, which again just seems like someone else picked up the property. Yeah, I kind of do want to go watch Genesis. Do you, by any chance, have the budgets on on the remakes or on the sequels? No, no, dude, come on. <laughs> I did not th- go that deep in there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, hmm. I'm sure it's not a lot of money. Though. No, yeah. Hmm. I mean, See, it, it, whenever runaway I think... was probably made for 100 grand, maybe. Oh, sure. No, yeah. I th- you nailed it, man. That this is it, like Children of the Corn is like a day safe horror movie. Like I remember watching it specifically in the afternoon. Like the sun is out, and I'm watching yeah. it just casually uh, on TV. Right. I don't remember if it was like HBO, if it was like TNT, or if it had commercials or not. But yeah, that's exactly. It feels like a safe daytime horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's it. That's our Miltas for this week. Um, I, I, like I said, my my two tastes from this movie are um, uh, the sequels it produced, the amount of them, God. and then the fact that it was really Shut. based the whole yeah the whole thing it was based on a Star, Star Trek, Trek episode. episode. Yeah, I'm so hip. I'm so here for that. So yeah. very happy about that. And the original series, man, it all leads back to that, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Uh, this is a longer episode than normal because we, we obviously haven't been producing these as, as much as we would like. Um, uh, we're still really happy. Everybody's still listening and um, happy that we're getting hassled to, to release some stuff. We're, we're hopefully going to drop one later on this week if we can. Um, again, it all depends on, on uh, how, how much time we have and how we can get this thing together. But um, yeah. Cool, man. 
Let's do it. All right. You got anything else? No, no. I'm just happy to be here. Happy to see you. Yeah, Digitally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. So thanks, Wallace. And good luck. Headspace Invaders are David Colgan and Adam Hall and executive producer Wallace Wilson. Music is composed by Chris Semeca. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Headspace Invaders. Please hit the like button on whatever pod listening app you use. And of course, shoot the mystery ship whenever you get a chance. Headspace Invaders is a thanks Wallace Wilson.